Welcome back and welcome in. This is the Grabbing Brisket Podcast. Grab a cold one and let's talk barbecue. And this is the Grabbing the Brisket Podcast. I feel like the intro has probably already said that. Yeah, like the I'm last couple of times it. I've been like just cutting out. What you're just you're cutting saying. it out. Yeah, I'm just cutting yeah. that part out. Appreciate it's it. You know what yeah. it is. Yeah. Hey, you're already here. Yeah. You already uh, clicked the maybe button. Maybe I'll leave it in this time so it's really weird. Yeah. yeah. Hey. You click the button, you know what this is. Yeah, we, we do have like another like a scripted format of an intro coming up soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we just hadn't right. had time to jump in the studio and get it done. Hey. hey. But hey, we got a fantastic guest coming up. Yes. If you are in into a few uh, yeah, if you're into competition, this is the guy. Yeah. Well, it's not just competition. If well, you're no, in, no, no, but if you are into competition. If you're into making badass freaking barbecue. Yes. This is the guy. This is yes. the guy you probably need to listen to. This is the guy you probably need to seek out and Google uh, his how-to videos. Mm-hmm. Check out the website. Go to and YouTube. probably purchase some of his product because it's pretty legit. Yeah, for sure. Like when I'm looking up something on YouTube, if I want to figure out how to barbecue something, I'm looking for something from uh, Heath Riles and Malcolm Reed. That, those are the two I watch pretty much. I mean, there's some other guys that will come up and I'll watch them, but... Those two guys, their videos are great. They, they, they're they're put together really well, right? So yeah, and you and, know it's going to be good. It's not just yeah. some dude in his backyard like hey, this is how I make my ribs, you right, know? right? And he throws it down on some like like straight on the coals. You're like, come on, don't caveman a freaking rack of ribs, bro. What's right, wrong with you? Right. Or it's like a cut screen where it's like raw ribs and then like then it cuts to like finished ribs. <laughs> All right, that's how I do it. You're yeah. like, well, I why, learned so much. Why y'all got to be talking about our videos like that? I was going to say, if I want to watch an idiot cook, I just man. walk across just watch the street. <laughs> right. Right. Wait, which street are you walking across? <laughs> which direction? Around the block, I mean. Around yeah. the block. <laughs> that's my house. <laughs> so, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, hey, listen, great guest coming up. So hopefully it's it's well. Um, I, we're actually supposed to do this last night. Mm. And... Uh, I guess John had to reschedule. Was that your, was your fault? He had to reschedule. No, no, he was he was out of town and he didn't have very good reception. So okay, so yeah. have we said who's coming on yet? I don't yeah. think we mentioned. No, we didn't. No. Well, you, you mentioned Heath Riles and Malcolm Reed. And well, the this same is thing. Heath Riles. Okay, yeah. It's I weird we said that. It already. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah. Hey, so yeah, so we have Heath Riles coming up. Um, uh, and listen, I've seen like all of his videos. I've seen them all. You're a fanboy. I'm, I may be a barbecue boy, barbecue fan man. Does that sound better? Does I'm a barbecue <laughs> fan man. That's what I am. I think that one video has like how many views on it? The one you were talking about earlier, like six, six million, million views. Yeah, it's a the lot. Rib, rib competition, Seven rib. Million. It's probably more than that. Four point five of that was you. Yeah, I can't keep I'm probably replaying right. it. Over it's actually and over still again. playing right now. If you <laughs> yeah. go to Jan's house right now, he's on a laptop. Up, it just keeps playing. <laughs> above the hot tub. Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, I mean, looking over to the bio of, so we've used Heath Ryle's products before in the past using our, doing our competition rubs more. Well, let me go back. So we've used victory lane rubs, which has, I think been rebranded or his, uh, maybe Heath has gone off on his own and created the Heath Ryle's barbecue right. rubs. Mm-hmm. So we are now, fully invested into the the everyday rub that he has the garlic jalapeno which i've tried very very fantastic it's just, it's like a seasonal that has a jalapeno punch laced with garlic you know what i mean it, mm-hmm. it's super freaking fantastic uh so i'm i'm excited to 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 really pick his brain as far as the the different types of meats and the different types of processes out there. I know he's not going to give us all the tips and tricks and the secrets. He probably wants us to uh, pay a little bit for the uh, the, the classes and mm-hmm. the, the experience, but we'll get a little bit out of him. Yeah, we will do our best. We will. We'll go all like, uh, what is it, Diane Sawyer? Like mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Walters. Like, uh, please have a seat right here. <laughs> exactly. That's how it's going to go. That's great. So, Can't we love wait. It. Can't wait. All right, guys. So, I mean, let's not wait any longer. Let's welcome in Heath Riles with Heath Riles Barbecue. I just want to say, Heath, they thank you for taking time out of your schedule to talk a little barbecue with us. I'm glad you guys have a meal. So I, I'm 
so we're a competition barbecue team as well. So we, we're very familiar with, with your line of rubs and, and sauces. Um, maybe uh, for the people out there that are probably have never heard of Heath Riles, can you, can you maybe just give us a little bit of a background info on how you got started? Uh, I mean, uh, who was your, your mentor in getting into these, the, the barbecue and the competition and rub sauce game? Well, um, I started cooking when I was 18 years old with a, a good friend of mine's uncle. He had a KCBS team uh, from the little local town I'm from, and he didn't do a lot of contests, but we had, used to have two local KCBSs in town there in Ashland, Mississippi, and uh, and kind of just propelled me, and we borrowed a, a trailer from him. I'm an old propane smoker and went to a contest that he was out of town of, and we kind of cooked his recipes and stuff, and we didn't finish last week finish about, you know, a little below halfway of the pack. Uh, and we were just 18 year old kids and I kind of fell in love with cooking and, uh, and kind of stayed with it and just kept graduating cookers and whatnot. And I got a divorce. I moved to Olive Branch just right outside of Memphis and I hooked up with some more divorced guys. We were all running in a pack, going to the bars and stuff. And I had a barbecue team, you know, and, and they said, look, why don't we, uh, why don't we start cooking together? Let's let's change our name, come up with something to better fit our name, and and that would be Boar's Night Out. And I don't know if you've heard of them or not. Yeah, yeah, very familiar uh, with them. Yeah. And so I've I've started that team, and it just got to be where it was too many cooks in the kitchen, and I decided to step away and uh, and let them run with it. And uh, I went on and joined up with a, another guy I knew, and we went on and done real well for a little bit. Then I broke off and started doing my own thing and uh, partnered up with a guy at Victory Lane Barbecue uh, and kind of launched all my products under under that name and was doing real well. Me and him had a dispute and falling out. And uh, so I took my products and moved on to listen to the advice of Famous Dave and Sweet Baby Ray and several others and changed my name and decided that was the best thing for me to do. And when I'd done it, business like quadrupled in a month and now it's multiplied by 25 or 30 and i should have done that a long time ago i absolutely love that i so something we, we actually have the uh we, we we have victory lane rubs in the past we bought that we, we bought the boar's night out stuff they've had in the past or whatever else and we've definitely bought the heath riles branded rubs themselves as well so that's really awesome to see that you're like, you know, you kind of recognize like, Hey, you know, maybe I need to stand on the, on the Heath Riles name uh, and put it out there that way, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's your, it's your seasoning, it's your rubs. So that's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I, and Boards on Out is doing a great job. We, we actually didn't have any rubs in development. Then we had some, we made up and cooked with, and I don't know if that's what they're using now to sell. I couldn't tell you. Uh, or anything i don't you know I, I don't um and victory lane didn't have anything when i come along and and he tried to continue on buying from a co-packer but they wouldn't sell him the recipe and all that kind of stuff that i come up with because i owned it with my non-disclosure and he's trying to go out and copy it with other stuff but it's not the same and i'm not behind the brand it's it's not doing really good right now and i mean i wish him all the best uh you know, just some people are not meant to be in business together. The greed gets the best of some people. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Yeah, I, I'm really familiar. Like, I remember, so we, we, we use your, your was it called the Everyday Rub? Or the, it was the Victory Lane mm-hmm. all-purpose rub? Um, so Se- seasonal. And, seasonal. And I called it Seasonal when I changed my name, but I had friends actually getting, because a lot of people have Seasonals, right? Right. And right. I know McCormick's actually owns the trademark name Seasonal. Okay. And so I thought, while well, I'm already in the middle of a of a name change, why not just change the name of the rub uh, that I'm not going to get a cease and desist letter five years from now from McCormick? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and I went and, uh, you know, we ran out of the seasonal and I, and I went online one day and I'm just Google, sorry, I'm okay, let me just go back to the place where I go get it. And I'm like, Heath Riles, what, wait, what's happening here? Where's it? Where's the stuff? And then. So I, I bought the bought the Victory Lanes uh, the, the I mean the Heath Riles Everyday Rub uh, along with the the jalapeno garlic which is probably my favorite um, and that's all she wrote I mean it's it 
fantastic stuff. Yeah, it, it, it travels to every cook-off. So, I mean, I, it's, a lot of people don't want to give out their rubs and seasonings. Uh, and I think for most part, we don't either, to be honest. Uh, there's, there's certain things that we will carry with us. Uh, but you've got some good rubs out there. And I was, I was telling the guys right before we came on, I was like, you know, we, we had a, we had a big cook here, which is here in, in Texas. We, we don't have the KCBS. It's not as big here in, in the Gulf coast yeah, area. Yeah. So, um, but we, so we're on our chicken, we're turning in half, half chickens. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so at Pasadena here that we have, it's probably 160 teams out there. So, uh, required to turn in one half chicken and then a sliced, uh, a sliced chicken and probably a pulled chicken. Uh, and I remember going back as a finishing and just adding the everyday rub to something we'd already smoked and, and kind of sauced and glazed. We got second. So, I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, when you're walking like that with 160 teams, it was pretty good. So, right. so you got in at 18 years old as far as cooking. When did you realize that? You know, you're like, I, I want to make rubs and, you know, sauces and stuff like that. And when did you know you finally had something? You know, honestly, about 2012, I guess, I realized it, 2013. So, well, let me back up. 2007, 2008, I really kind of started working on stuff, kind of let it go wayside some, you know, because of work and stuff like that. And I just kind of made stuff at home. And as it progressed, really about two. 2012, 2013 is when I really decided I'm going to get serious about it, you know, and start doing stuff. And, and so I did, and I just slowly but surely done my first rub and my first sauce and, and just got going. It started out as a novelty, just giving it out as gifts and, you know, selling it just to friends and stuff. And it kept growing. And I decided I wanted to do some flavors and already had one rub kind of down pat. Uh, and, and let me back up. I met Paul Kirk in 2007 at a national barbecue convention. And I bought a book from him that kind of really helped me understand how to make rubs. If that makes sense, he explains it uh, like how to certain ingredients you want to add teaspoons of or certain ingredients you want to add tablespoons and some you want to add, you know, cups and whatnot for balance. And so I started playing around with a lot of different spices and come up with one rub, which was a sweet rub and had that for a long, long time. Then I done, um, I took that rub and kind of done the four flavors after that is what I done. And, um, and they worked out well. And I actually had a maple rub that I didn't do, but I still have kind of in my portfolio. And, um, I had like a spicy barbecue rub, that was kind of too hot for me. I didn't use it, so I stopped selling it. Uh, um, and now I am fishing to release a hot rub that I finally finished and done, and I'm fishing to release a chicken rub. Labels are being printed right now. So hopefully I can have that out by beginning of December is what I'm shooting for. That's um, awesome. And I created a pork injection and all that because we mainly cook pork, you know, in the Memphis Barbecue Network. And for the last two and a half years, I've played around and practiced with my chicken injection and my brisket injection, done very well with them. They're ready to go. I'm kind of changing everything over to a resellable bag. And so we're doing bag designs right now, and COVID kind of slowed all that down, and I kind of stepped away from design work and the guy actually called me day before yesterday and i've got to submit the rest of stuff to get the bags designed now and all that to get back on that and uh and go that route okay so so did you just say a brisket injection is in the works yes sir okay injection and a chicken injection that was one of our questions from our listeners actually yeah up to barbecue asked when is your brisket injection coming out he is sitting on the edge of his seat waiting for it I'm going to say that those will be out before spring of the year is what I'm shooting for. Maybe late winter, late January, February, somewhere up in that, somewhere in that time frame. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's, uh, if you don't mind, if you could, do you have like a method that when you're trying to create, you know, a certain rubber, you know, you, you've got, I've seen you've got probably. 12 or 13 different rubs that you've gotten out already. What, what, what is kind of a method that you use to create 
something like that? Are you looking like what pairs well with this or how, how do you start putting these spices start, together? Start with the base layer, base, base rub and start yeah. adding, adding to it. Adding and taking away. Yep. I started one rub and once I got it perfected, I started taking away ingredients and adding ingredients to change the flavor profile. And I used to, I only thought like a competition guy, like I'm only going to make a rub that's going to be good at competition. Right. right. And as time went on, I kind of realized, you know, the competition world is really small compared to the everyday backyard guy that grills and to the housewife that cooks in the kitchen and fires up the grill occasionally. And that's kind of where the whole garlic butter and the simple citrus come from. It was something that besides, you know, competition barbecue, which I do know some people using the citrus rub. It's basically the everyday rub with lemon and citrus added to it. Um, and the garlic butter, I took a little bit of my garlic jalapeno and added to it and two other types of garlic. So it's really unique and some parsley and stuff like that. It's a little bit different. I do know some people using it on stuff to competent, uh, but I'm created for the backyard guys and the chicken rub that I've created is a little herby, you know, even though I use my honey rub right now, currently, uh, on chicken, honey and honey chipotle. I think I'm going to end up incorporating this, uh, this new chicken rub of mine on my competition program just because it's so savory and so good, but you can be used on, you know, pork or whatever also. And, um, I think later on, you'll probably see a blackening season from me. You know, you might see some glazes from me later on. I'm always working and testing and trying new stuff. And let's just say it takes me two years to release a new product. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's I, a test it, I test it, get samples, give it to certain friends, let them test it, let them give me feedback, you know, with it a long time, try it on different stuff. So let's just say I've got a notebook full of recipes that I'm working on and slowly but surely I'll build a huge portfolio before it's over with. That's amazing. Sure. So pre COVID, you know, um, I'm sure this, that takes a lot of your time. You know, how often are you, uh, doing competition cook-offs anymore? You know, I've done one all year long. We had one here locally. Um, a lot of the Memphis contests, all of them got canceled. We had a KCBS here right at home at the Shriners Club, and I cooked it and done real well and should have won it. Um, honestly, I had three calls going into brisket, and for some dumb reason, I tweaked my brisket recipe instead of sticking my normal recipe. And I think I wound up, golly, maybe 18th, no, 20th in brisket, 19th, somewhere up in that range. And um, I think if I'd have had maybe the top 12, I would have GC'd the contest. And one of my students uh, that had took a class with me previously asked me, like, what happened? Uh, did you shit in the bed? Right, brisket? Yeah. What, what happened? And um, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, uh, I tried something a little different today. And he's like, well, why? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know why. And he said, well, just to let you know, I cooked your recipe per batum, and he was second-place brisket. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. Dude, that's something that just, every competition cook has gone through at some point in time. Like, you have a, a recipe that, that is winning. It is doing good, but maybe I could just tweak it a little bit, and uh, maybe I just go off to seed my pants Friday night or Thursday, and then it ends up not really hitting, and you're like, dang it, why didn't I just stick to my tried and true? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I won't be changing from now on on brisket. I'll stick to what's winning because that brisket recipe of mine has been brisket team of the year in KCBS, and it's currently in the top five, I'll say that, and another team's in the top ten with it, down a few spots. Um, and the year before that, it was in the top five, so it, it works, I'll say that. Yeah, if you don't mind, if you could just tell us the uh, recipe for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in we're in Texas. Yeah, and, we're not gonna hey. be. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I was gonna ask and bring up. So, I mean, uh, with you being a huge competitor and us as well, and, and I know you do your classes, and I'm not uh, asking for your super secrets and all that stuff like that, but maybe we can go over talking about a little bit about brisket, a little bit about maybe pork and maybe uh, yeah. a little bit about chicken on maybe uh, there's a tip or something that you might be able to go uh, and let the listeners know about uh, these items. And I'll go ahead and tell the listeners right now, go over there and check 
Heath's YouTube page because he has a crap ton of uh, how-to tutorial videos on everything. And I, I know Jan over here, he, he loves the, the rib tutorial that you have on there. And he's very the anxious. The one that like, I've done with Killer Hogs? Yeah, you do with, with the Malcolm. Malcolm Reed? Yes. Yeah, that video kind of went viral. I think it's close to 6 million views now is what that's got on it. And I had no intention of starting a YouTube channel, but after I've done that video with him, so many people messaged us that I just finally said, okay, we're going to do it. And we started off just using a regular camera. You know, the wind was terrible on the road mic we were using. <laughs> I fought lighting issues on my patio because of the way my house sits of, you know, the sun, depending on what time of the day we cook with the sun was behind us in front of us straight up and cloudy days were kind of the best day to shoot. And, and so I've got a guy to kind of help me with the lighting and all that and kind of show us some more stuff. And this week's video that just, which was pork belly burn ends was our kind of new format that we're using now mm -hmm. and our videos are going to be a lot better now a lot better okay yeah anxious okay. to check that out no yeah without it i mean like i i've watched okay, i watch a lot right and look you said six million views on that on that video I'm i think he you, was how many how many were you i, I was number four when that thing released, probably because <laughs> it, that thing was, it was so new. I was like, Oh shit, look at this thing. And the butter bath. I mean, everything you, you do, y'all, y'all go through and do on this. It's just stuff. I'm like, this is competition style ribs right here, you know? And I know we're in a different, different area, different, um, barbecue sanctions or whatever else, but I'm telling you, you pull ribs like that. They're, they look that well. They'll do really well. As long as they taste good, they're going to do really well here. So, uh, well, I can flat out tell you that recipe works in IBCA. Yeah. I can tell you that. Nice. All right. So, well, I mean, while we're talking about ribs, I mean, can we give the listeners a little pointer? I know we had uh, we had um, uh, Rodney Scott on last week, uh, and we asked him about ribs, and he he does a more kind of a direct grilling method on his ribs. So you, it, whether you're doing competition, backyard cooking. Um, Maybe uh, you can throw out a pointer for the, the listeners out there, whether it's wrapping or cooking at a certain temperature. Maybe it's adding that Heath Riles butter bath to the um, the wrap. I honestly think that ribs is one of those products that are one of those meats that requires a 275 to 300 temp, you know, kind of in that – medium hot and fast range you know yeah i don't think that a 225 rib is better than a 275 rib and it all depends on the cooker you're cooking on the way the airflow flows on it um you know so you, it, everything's going to cook different but i think it renders the collagen and the fat pockets better at a higher heat especially on a good thicker solid rib instead of one you may get that you know some of these guys get ribs uh st louis ribs especially and even baby backs that are good and flat and then you get to one end and they start rising up you know and yep. they got a fat pocket and those guys don't trim it off you need to make sure that your rim rib is trimmed down even and if you cut it down to a certain number of bones every single time whether it's 13 bones 12 bones 10 bones whatever uh you need to do it that way every single time it will get you consistent and i actually have been so crazy that we'll start weighing my ribs out cut them all the same length try to get them the same way you know, kind of like trimming chicken for KCBS. I want to be half an ounce of everything that I cook, uh, uh, just so everything cooks consistently. And the whole thing with the butter bath, when you're wrapping with butter, brown sugar, honey, depends on who's wrapping, of how much sugar you're grabbing each time. A lot of people does not take the time to measure out brown sugar or measure out honey. You know, so you're squirting, depending on how hard you're squeezing a bottle, more honey may come out. Well, every slab is going to turn out different. And so I actually used to take, you know, a tub of country crock butter, um, like a 12-ounce jar of honey, a pound of brown sugar, and a bottle of tiger sauce, uh, which is kind of an old-school Johnny Trigg recipe, you know, those four ingredients. But I put it all in my wife's KitchenAid mixer and beat it up like cake batter and would put it all in a Ziploc bag. And when I got ready to wrap ribs, I would cut the tip off the bag and squirt it in the foil, lay a line down for the lay the rib on and a line on top to to uh, on the back of the rib, you know, right? And wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, 
And I went to a contest in 180 to rib with a friend of mine. Only time I've ever cooked with anybody else. He asked me to come cook with him one weekend. And he said, if you put that into a powder form, you can make a million dollars. And and so I thought to myself, this is interesting. And so I called up my spice guy and I said, hey, send me five pounds of dehydrated butter. He said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> said, that ain't what I asked you. I said, I give him a list of everything that I needed. And I started playing with measurements and everything else and got it where I wanted it. And I always liked apple juice for the little extra sweetness. But the butter bath, that whole bag will do about 10 slabs, 9 to 10. And if you mix it with five and a half cups of apple juice, then uh, use three quarters of a cup per thing. And so I started manufacturing that and everything else. And that's another one of those products that I'm going to go to a resellable bag in. Because a lot of guys don't cook that many slabs, and it's hard for me. We get tired of answering questions about what's the measurements and this and that. I should have done printed them on the bag, but I hadn't. But I'm going to have it to where one to ten slabs, you'll have the measurements for how much you need to mix up in a shaker bottle. Um, you know, and that's next on my list. But butter bath is probably one of those sleeper products that a lot of people are are um, timid to try for the first time. But once they try it and you follow a technique – all your slabs of ribs come out the same way every single time. Um, so, you know, competition barbecue is about being consistent, right? Right. Um, right. You want to constantly stay in the top five, top 10, every contest, no matter how many teams are there. And so I try to take variables out is what I did. So cooking at a higher temp on a rib, alleviating to make sure I was wrapping the same way every single time, making sure you're seasoning the same way every time, whether you're laying your, layering your rubs or mixing them up and putting them on at once. You know, you want to be consistent. I mean, that's the only thing you can do with any meat. Uh, and that, going back to that brisket where I changed it up this past year, that contest, and it cost me that contest, I preach it to people. You can't cook one contest, and when you don't do good, you change your recipe. You're not doing it justice is what you're not doing. You need to at least cook at eight to 10 contests before you start making tweaks. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what you're using. Every contest is won by tenderness. And that's something that you can't pay for. You have to be able to understand the feel and the touch of something and the way a thermopan slides in it and slides out of it to really get a good understanding of what it's supposed to feel like every time. I would totally agree. This is, look, I feel like right now you're dropping knowledge bombs. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should have a notepad sitting out here because, well, I, we're recording this, so I get to go back and listen to it uh, for sure. Um, and, and we have preached this time in and time out. It's like, as far as be consistent, you know, consistency may not win you first place, but if you can stay in the top 10, the top eight, and then constantly just, or consistently just move up on that ladder, you're going to start getting walks. And uh, we've seen it in, in, in on our side, uh, so that's 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 I cannot. That's probably the, the first thing we, we had a competition episode we talked about was like the, one of the first things we said was like consistency. Yeah, right? you got to be consistent. Right. You have to come out with you have to come down with a process and then stick to that process and then be consistent yeah. and then yeah. do that for a while. And then if stuff still isn't working out for you, maybe you make a tweak here, tweak there. I, I can't I, I'll tell you something funny we, we had a really huge cook-off we were in and uh, we we've been we've been competitionally cooking competition it's not even a word right <laughs> we, we we've been competing and, and cook-offs for for quite a while and we we had this we had this rub that we, we've been using for brisket and I, I looked over to James and I was like it's like they're calling third place right now right and I'm like Dude, like, what is the what is happening? Like, why can't we get? We're not getting calls right now. What is happening, right? And uh, I was like, maybe we should change the rub. That's what it, we got to change the rub. We, and mind you, we've been using this rub for probably, I, I don't know, like ten plus years. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's our brisket rub. It works at smaller cookoffs. Yeah, the larger cookoffs, like oh, this one was 160, 170 teams. Yes, yeah, right. And and James looks at me. He's like, uh, I don't know about that, right? <laughs> We're not changing. And we hit right then. And I was like, 
Well, of course we can't change now. <laughs> we're we're getting we're getting <laughs> second or first right now. We right. can't. Yeah. We can't. I quit, think, we, I think but, we went like two years in a row, or, or a couple of years in a row. Yeah. Hitting a second place uh, brisket. Yeah. Right? Always the always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But yeah. but I think uh, I think in that case it really came down to us being we're using the same rubs and we're using the same uh, sauces and stuff like that. But it came down to us to being a little bit more consistent and uh, developing a process that really helped us. Yeah, it may have been when Jan- John came on board. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I said, guys, stop getting so drunk. Right. <laughs> it, it could be we stopped drinking so much. Yeah. yeah. So, he, let me ask you, man. Um, so, I don't know if it's happened yet or not or if it will, but say, for instance, you know, just hypothetically, you, you happen to come in second place at one of these competitions and, you know, you come and find out the the team in first place was using your rubs, man. Are you are – you, do you get mad at that point? I mean – no, you can't get mad. I mean, it's a proud moment because, um, well, about half the time the guys won't tell you. Some right. of them you don't know. <laughs> They're hiding it. But, but students that took my classes and put in the time and the effort to really understand it, um, you know, and stick with something, I'm proud of it because they deserve it. You know what I mean? Um, and my thing is if I start getting beat every weekend – then maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and I'm falling on my face. I mean, and so that's kind of where I'm probably different than a lot of people. I'm not going to get mad at you. If you beat me, it means that you just beat me. And if I lose, it means I didn't do my job. It means that I, I go back and I analyze my cook. What did I do wrong? Could I have been more tender? Could I have used more rub? Could, did I taste a finished product? And something that everybody has to understand, your food is really good when it's hot, right? Really good. Put it in a blind box and set it on the counter an hour, then taste it. That's what you need to do. If your food will eat good cold, you've got a winner. Your food has to eat good cold. You don't know how long it sets in a judging tent. They may have had a problem. They may have had an issue. They may be trying to sort boxes. You always have to walk that fine line. Everybody reaches for salt, pepper, butter. Whether you're eating dinner, at a restaurant, at home, whatever, those are three things you've always reached for. Three things. So you have to be able to relate to those three things to a judge. They're common people just like you are. Sure. And then you have to take into the equation, you just need to cook it to tenderness. There's a lot of people that have a lot of good rubs and sauces out there. I mean, I wish all of them were using mine. Um, but, uh, you know, that means there wouldn't be anybody else in business. Uh, and so you're always going to have competitors uh, in that market. So you have to set yourself aside by, you know, processes, consistency, and cooking the tenderness. It's it's something that, um, and, and maybe you can help me out with this. For the I've never cooked in a KCBS uh Station barbecue, but I've done plenty of the IBCA. Uh, is there's a difference between the doneness or the tenderness for for something in KCBS versus the IBCA? Have you seen that, or is that something you're familiar? Yeah, with? IBCA. It seems like I've never cooked one, but I know that they cut it with a plastic fork and knife. Yep. So you That's need right. to make your ribs almost falling off the bone. You need to make your brisket almost, you know, crumbling apart almost. You, you need to get it more tender. Um, I think KCBS is just that point of up under that. You know, you want it to be tender, but you don't want it to be falling off the bone. Um, and MBN's that way too. Uh, tenderness needs to be there, but it don't need to be falling off the bone. What, what, and it's just a different set of judges is all, you know, that's what you're trained for. Yeah, which which one? What was the other one? Uh, sanction you said Memphis Barbecue Memphis uh, Barbecue Memphis. Network. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. I mean, and here's something that I mean, I don't know if you've done a lot of or not, but here in the last probably couple of years, I've taken a lot of time to start judging barbecue competitions because they'll they'll ask you, and, and frankly, some places that we go to, they'll they'll ask for a team member. You're know, like, hey, if if you're not actually a head cook, then you need to go. And and judge an, another, you know, event or something, you know. So, uh, but the, I, I've learned a lot by judging events and seeing what the competition is turning in. That's like 
you just never know. You can't walk up to someone and go, hey, let me try your chicken. Let me try it. I mean, like, like if, if you know people, like most guys will say, hey, here's, here's a piece of my brisket. Try it. Let me know what you think. If you're, especially if you know kind of these guys are big barbecuers. I'm a big barbecuer, right? Try to get uh, their, their opinion, their, right, you their, know, their input. That's, and, and that's okay. But I'm not walking to 150 teams and asking them, let me try a body of your brisket. Uh, but I did, you know, I did judge the chicken. I've judged the brisket. I've judged ribs. And I've, I've learned a lot by doing that. Have you done a lot of that judging? Yes, I have. Uh, I judge from time to time. Uh, and I think that that's a good um, thing to do. I really do. It gives you a sense of what other teams are doing, what they're turning in, what blind boxes look like, what flavor profiles taste like. And so, you know, it's all part of doing your homework, in my opinion. Um, you know, and so if you really want to get good, you – take a year off and you judge a whole year, you take a lot of really good notes, you learn, you ask a lot of questions, you cook at home, you practice to stay on top of your game, and then you go back out there and kick everybody's ass. <laughs> I love that. Right, so what is the worst thing you've had to eat while judging? Um, honey, help me with that. <laughs> was it pork? It was pork and ribs at a backyard contest in uh, – Kennett, Missouri. That's right. Oh man, how, how do you? We mess- had to. I had to actually ask for the garbage can. How do you mess that <laughs> up? How do you? How do you mess up pork and ribs? I mean, well, is- I'm going to tell you something. I think my, you know, at that time, I think my son was probably eight, and he probably could have cooked better than that. <laughs> uh, it was pretty bad. We had one chicken entry that was still raw that day. I remember mm. that now. After thinking about that, um, I mean, the pork was so hard you could not gnaw it off the bone. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the ribs, it, it was just terrible, terrible, terrible. But then you see people eating it and they're like, oh, this is the greatest I've ever had in my life, right? Yeah. Well, you know, every guy gets into barbecue <laughs> because his neighbor thinks it's the best he's ever tasted. Oh, right? for sure. <laughs> exactly. For sure. And then you win one $10 bowling trophy and that bowling trophy costs you 10 grand the next year. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happens. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. You know, it's to be honest. I, there's a lot of people that we've got buddies that have gone to cook-offs and, and you know, they'll, they're not cooking. There's, they're out there kind of walking around and, you know, we've met people like, Hey, we, we party with them a little bit. They've, they've had our food next year. We see them like side by side. They're cooking against us. We're like, Hey, we saw you cooking last year. It was so fun. We want to cook too. And they're like, geez, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, to me, I felt like it was almost kind of a little bit of a pride. Like, man, that was really cool because they came out to one cook-off and loved it so much. They went out and invested and bought a barbecue pit and whatever else. Uh, so, but the one thing I, I guess, well, I was kind of trying to lead into your barbecue classes. Are you putting on like a monthly class or or, or, or is there online class? Online class, online? Or- no, I, you know, I was doing some schedule, uh, some classes throughout the year. COVID's kind of hurt that. I used to do about one to two a year. Um, I don't want to try to bombard the market. You know, I've always been a lot cheaper on my classes uh, than everybody else. I've even had other guys call me and tell me that, hey, you need to be charging more money. And <laughs> You're undercutting us. You know, yeah, you're hurting the rest of the market, blah, blah. And I was like, look, I'm not in this to make a living, guys, teaching classes. I'm doing it to kind of preserve the sport. You know, and um, I think now that I've kind of been so blessed with rub and soft sales and everything else, I think that I'm going to end up this summer putting together a deal and do an instructional video series for free on my YouTube channel. That's awesome. We're, we're still toying with that idea and setting down whether it's going to be hard to do. To, and I think I'll, I'll do some trim videos, you know, so they don't want so they won't run long, you know. And then I'll turn around and do some comp videos on different cookers for different meats. And I think it'll be an ongoing summer thing for me, but I think that's what's going to take up my summer months is, you know, ribs on a drum this weekend, comp style, ribs on an old hickory this weekend, ribs on a Traeger this weekend, ribs on a, you know, stick burner this weekend. Um, I think it's, I'm going to do a whole series like that, I think. That's fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one in line. Yeah. Exactly. Let me ask you uh, really, really quick. So we, we touched a little bit on on ribs, uh, chicken. 
what I mean, what's the one thing that you see that people are making mistakes on, or maybe just the one thing that hey, maybe maybe you can do this. It might just help your game out just a little bit. You know, I go back to being consistent. Okay. Just make sure you're mixing up your recipes, your sauce mixtures and whatnot every single time. And what a lot of people also don't understand about barbecue sauce, I never heat my sauce up till I'm ready to use it. And so do you guys, when you mix your sauce up to go to a comp or whatever, do you heat it up beforehand and then reheat it? That uh, that would be, we've done it. We started recently heating it up. Before, it, we just we would just leave it out in the Texas heat and it would just kind of warm up. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I guess what I, you know what I mean by that is when you're mixing my sauce and let's just say blue hog and, you know, honey and brown sugar or whatever, right? Um, a lot of guys would cook it beforehand. And then they, you know, and it may be two days before and they bottle it up and they carry it to a contest and they put it back on the thing and they set it on top of their firebox or burn high to warm up. They heat it up again and then they start using it on their meat. Well, I've come to understand like my comp sauce that I mix up with my sweet sauce and vinegar and other stuff um, is that if I heat it up first and let it set two or three days, it gets hotter on me. What I really, I don't want it to get any hotter. And so I heat it up the day we mix it up in a, one of those uh, plastic what, containers like everybody mixes their injection up in. Yep. Right. I mix up 48 ounces of sauce and I do it by the ounces on my ingredients. So that way I'm mixing it up the same way every single time. And I just shake it up in that, pour it up in a pot and heat it up the day that I'm going to use it for that category. Yep. And or for the four, I use the same sauce on all four categories actually. And, um, uh, and it's worked well for me that way, not heating it up to the day of the contest. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, it's almost like a like a pot of soup, right? You you heat That's up a right. pot of soup, and it's good the first day. When you first make it, it's good. Once it cools, reheat it. It the profile changes of, it does. of, of, what, of what you're using. So uh, it's almost backwards though a little bit. Like you know, the soup the next day or two days later, I'm in love with that soup, but. For maybe for something that has like high sugar or or anything else, you keep reheating that and whatever else you're going to get spicier. It, that it, all those things are still gelling together. Sure, caramelizes um, a little bit. It does. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. Well, and and I I relate the other day we cooked chili here at home, a Texas style chili with no beans in it. There it is. And it That's was, right. And to me, it yeah. was really good the first day that I had it. And I'm kind of thinking, chili's like spaghetti and everything else, you know other soups and stuff you let them put them in the fridge and they get better and it was really good the next day heated up but it was hotter oh, yeah. way hotter to yep. me than i liked um i like a delicate spice you know what i mean not a overwhelming spice right right no and, and that's exactly what happens those, those spices that chili powder is still still kind of just mixing and heating up and cooling and heating up and cooling and yeah, you're you're definitely going to get a, a, a spicier. I, I actually made soup tonight, uh, so and I, I I put in two serranos. So tomorrow, I know that this this soup is going to be it's going to be legit. It's, it's going to be on fire. It's going to light your ass up. But in, in our house, you know, we kind of tend to want a little spicier uh, soup or or chili. So I'm always looking forward to the next day. All right, so we did get some questions from some of our listeners. I'm going to fire some of those at Fire you. it off. This first one is from um, Northern Smoke Barbecues on Instagram, and he asked, uh, when you're doing your ribs at home, are you cooking them basically the same as you would in competition, or do you do a little bit different at home? You know, at home, I'm always, it seems like I'm experimenting. I have my rib recipe dialed in for competition, and so I may just use honey. Honey chipotle rub is my go-to at home for pork or ribs a lot of times. Just one rub. Um, sometimes I use my everyday as a base. But um, I find myself trying other rubs at home out of my other line and different flavor combinations to see if I can come up with something a little bit better than my competition recipe I'm currently running. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I know I'm uh... – the people ask me what my recipe is, and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't have one. I'm always changing it. I'm always trying something different at the house. Yeah. So, yep. okay. We got another one. Uh, this is from, I don't know, FHK3. Anyways, he asks, and we've got Thanksgiving up 
coming up. Uh, if you have any tips for the bird, uh, the, the, the turkey. The turkey. Um, I would say you need to uh, inject or either brine or both to ensure a moist bird. And I think cooking it at a, you know, 225 to 250 temp, if you want to get the 275 to get that skin a little bit crispier, that's fine. But don't go over 275, in my opinion. Um, I say that. It depends on what grill you're cooking on. You can get 300 on a pellet grill, no problem, and be fine. Uh, other grills, you probably need to run, you know, more of a direct grill. You need to run a little bit lower. Uh, but after about the first 30 minutes, I would say start spraying it with either spray butter or a good, uh, you know, like Pam or butter Pam or, you know, something like that to help that skin crisp up. Okay, so so you're saying like if it, I've never done this, if you take the spray butter itself, um, it's like like parquet or or a or like a like a like crunchy crock. You can do either one. You, you can do spray parquet spray. I can't believe it's not butter. You know, okay. you buy in the cold section. You can buy the aerosol. You know, butter Pam. Um, I've used that a lot. You can use the duck fat spray, which is really great. Uh, I run out here at home, and I actually have a a full turkey recipe coming uh, this week, I believe, is when it's going to release. Uh, next week. Next week. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Is that going to be on your website? Yeah, it'll be on my website, and it'll be on my YouTube page next Tuesday, the whole okay. turkey will. Nice. Yeah. Okay, oh, I, got, yeah. I got a couple more questions. We actually got so many questions for you. We always put out, like, if you have any questions for our guest, and I got so many for you. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I have a couple more here. Uh, one of them was, did you have a like a competition that sticks out of your mind? Is like, that was my best competition. That was my favorite one. I had the most fun there. Anything like that? Yeah, I have two contests that come to mind. First one is South Haven Spring Fest, which is my local contest that I actually won the KCBS and the MBN Grand Championship the same day. Uh, when both of them had a dual contest, it was 50 three or 54 MBN teams, and I think it was 70-something KCBS teams, and I won grand at both of them. Had two 180s at KCBS also. Um, a year or two years later, um, I'd done it again at Murfreesboro, Illinois. That's where I won my first GC at, uh, and it's a dual sanction contest, and I've won the MBN contest up there, I believe, five times. And, uh, well, it have been four times, and then um, – Last year, I won the KCBS and the MBN the same day. And I beat, you know, the GOAT, Darren Worth, beat him that day. Um, and so it, it felt really good. And then another one of my favorite moments would be hard for me not to say would be going to the pig jig in Vienna, Georgia, and cooking in Myron's backyard. Uh, you know, that's his favorite contest, his local contest. It has about 100 teams in it every year. And uh, nobody has really won that contest outside of the state of Georgia. It was known to everybody our way that nobody could go over there and do it. And uh, Pat Burt won that thing one time. He's out of Illinois. uh, And he's highly respected who cooked with Mike Mills. And, uh, you know, up at Murfreesboro up there, Apple City Barbecue, they won Memphis and May four times, I think, um, along with Jack Daniels and everything else. And uh, I won. Won that thing the first time on a rib, which is very impossible to do. And then I won it last year with a shoulder. And so I've won it twice now in three years. And um, and the first time I won it, Myron wouldn't even uh, – I think he got upset and he took his chair to the left before I even come off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, that question was from Meet the Cook. And uh, this last one I'll bring up. Uh, this is from a listener – Chris Arkhambault. Anyways, he wants to know about your your seasoning. If he wants to get into creating his own seasonings, getting them packaged and and start selling them, how does that process work? How, do you have any tips for somebody trying to get into that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. Make sure you have your recipe. Uh, recipe. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, you need to have it in a weighted form, if possible, instead of doing it in cup measurements, because a lot of your co-packers are going to go by weight and not by actual, you know, half cups and tablespoons. Oh, so you want to convert all of that to a weight format for them to make it easier. Make sure that you always sign a non-disclosure agreement with them to where they don't own your recipe, um, you know, and, 
you want to find a co-packer hopefully local to you so the shipping costs can stay good but sometimes you have to get further away to get to you know get the quality down don't in my opinion don't stick with the very first co-packer you call maybe get a sample from them of your recipe get a sample from somebody else and your recipe is not going to be the same with you making it at home to what they make it even with the same recipe and what i mean by that is their ingredients are so much fresher and that's a huge difference so if you're really going to get in the game find a co-packer order all your bulk seasonings from them the same thing they would manufacture it with for you to build your rub at home because if not you're going to have to revise that recipe five six times to get it perfect like you want it so cut those steps out of it and do that Mm. and then just make sure you've got a good product start marketing yourself on facebook instagram youtube uh, get out there and maybe some stores will take it and buy it and try it and it'll sell well. Uh, but the salt and seasoning game is good to some people and it's not good to some people. Uh, so you don't want to tie. I wouldn't advise somebody brand new tying up their life savings, but if it's a hobby they can afford to do and see if it sticks, then by all means try it. Well, I, I got a question myself. So I see a lot of these rubs that have that deep, rich red color to it. Is that is that a specific spice or is that something that something is added to it? Because I made rubs myself and I've used what I would think maybe the the paprikas and the, all that stuff like that, but it still doesn't come out the same color. Does it? it depends on the type of paprika you use too. You can get a Hungarian paprika, you can get a Spanish paprika, which is the Spanish is going to be a lot hotter, a lot more uh, deep deep red. You know, not a not a lighter red. Um, you know, Hungarian paprika is going to be a little bit lighter of a red, which is more prettier. Um, and, and there's, I don't know, several different variations of paprika. And that's where you get your color from. You got to make sure you're not using too much chili powder, you know, to, you know, because that's going to alter your paprika. And you can also get them to dye your, uh, you know, there's ways that a food technology place can, you know, wet that rub and spray it with an artificial color to make it a different color. Uh, it's okay. so much different stuff that they do. I mean, you know, it's crazy. I try not to do any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of it's tasteless, won't add to the flavor or nothing like that, but it's adding to your cost, to your bottom line. Right. Right. Those are profits. I'm going to make a purple rub. That's right. <laughs> right, right. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get a purple rib, right? That's right. So... I don't know. Yeah, so we actually had um, we had Jess Prowls on. Uh, was it earlier this year? Mm-hmm. And, have you have you tried any of her rubs before? Yes, her black rub is very good. I have not had her Mixlata rub. Um, I bet it's good. Uh, you know, Jess is a very well respected lady in the business of yep. a lot of men, and so any woman that comes to this sport, I welcome with open arms. And uh, you know. It's, it's a hard business, but um, she's done a phenomenal job marketing and branding herself. And, hell, she's a great cook. She is. Um, she is. Cook. Got a great cookbook out. Uh, like I said, very respectable woman. And her products stand on their own. They're great. All right. So, Heath, I mean, I feel like just, I mean, so much knowledge has been dropped on this episode. And I, I kind of don't want to end this and say goodbye but i I feel like we can probably just sit here and talk barbecue for the rest of the night and it'll probably be like a four-hour episode no it could be and we we all be drunk nice i'm not gonna lie i I feel like i've learned and i'm i'm definitely the same way when i get to talking barbecue with somebody and uh, everything else it's so many fascinating questions i wish i could take a hundred questions yes yes Uh, i really can so uh, you know i really appreciate you guys having me on and, you know, like the idea that y'all took some questions from some readers. Uh, and so later on, if y'all want to revisit this and we do another one and uh, answer more questions and turn it into a question segment, I don't, I'm don't. i fine with that. Uh, I always like trying to give back as much as I can to the community. Awesome. Yes, sir. We would love to do that. Yeah. So uh, what time are you available tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow's a little bit busy right. just we're bit. just kidding man so uh, we're, we're, we're trying to we bought a new house and so we're trying to get packed and getting ready to close next week and uh you know trying to get ready i'm shooting another four videos on monday uh, all of my december videos i'm shooting this monday and um busy, busy. all that so yeah yeah busy busy that's the name of the game around here yeah that's so, awesome so everybody uh um 
we thank you, Heath Riles, for joining the podcast. Hey, everybody go over there and check out HeathRilesBarbecue.com. That's where you can find all the rubs and the sauces. And I'm sure I can direct you to all the media content that he has. Or you can just Google Heath Riles and you can find all the YouTube videos that he has that will definitely help your backyard game and maybe your little competition game as well. So, hey, Keith, we appreciate you being on here, bud. Hey, thank you. I appreciate y'all for having me. Thanks, boss. Take care, bud. There were some knowledge bombs there. That was good. Really great interview. Yeah, I I, seriously, basically coming out with a, hopefully, or hopefully he does, like during the summer was doing like a, maybe a free competition class. Right. That would be awesome. Those are my favorite kind of classes. Well, well, yeah, but definitely going to even the playing field out there for sure. I know he does these classes. And he, he wants to promote his rubs and, and his sauces and all that good stuff. So, which is, it's a win-win for him. Sure. And he's actually putting out pretty phenomenal products. Yeah, there's there's so many things he said tonight where I'm like, shit, why are we not doing that? Yeah, the whole butter yeah. thing? I'm like, I know. Um, I know. I might just have John just edit that whole thing out. I was going to say, just, like, uh, am I the only one that was thinking, like, hear that. this whole time, don't let anybody else listen to this interview? But that's, well, yeah, I went you know on I mean, his so. website a few days ago to try to buy some of that stuff, and they're sold out. So. Yeah. You know why? Because it's winning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's freaking winning. That's why it's sold out. Everybody's at home cooking. Yeah. So. I don't know. So. Hey, I, I feel super thankful that, that, that he had time to come on. I know he supposed to be on last night. And and now we know why, right? He, he's he's selling his house, he's buying a house, he's closing, he's probably packing right. and everything else. So, um, and and something else is like, hey, I'm shooting four videos, right? Right. Yeah. Like, dude, this guy's like, that's that's a lot of hard work that you're putting forth just just for a video to play or post somewhere or, or whatever just to help other people. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, big kudos to him. For sure. Um, and super excited that he came on. Yeah, super thanks and cheers to Heath Riles for uh, joining the grabbing the brisket crew. Sure, That's right. And, and we'll have we'll have that guy on. We're gonna have him back again. Hey, hey, what was mm-hmm. he drinking? Um, what, he what did he say? He, he said he has glass. He's a glass. Oh, he's a glass. Oh, he yeah. said he had a coke. That's what I thought he said was coke. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's glass. Next time he'll be drinking too, so we'll get all of his secrets. <laughs> That's how this whole podcast. That's works. right. That's right. <laughs> so thanks, Heath. And we're gonna. I feel like we should have an outro music like. No. Outro of the interview or outro of the, the podcast? The outro of the podcast. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, should we do it like a, the, the acapella, like, 90-second beer review? Yeah. Like, the outro. Just play. We're, we're play, leaving. No. This is the no. end of the show. Just play the intro backwards. That's exactly Boom. what I was thinking, Alvin. Oh, That's exactly okay. what I was thinking. Well, but shouldn't Come Alden on, give him the, um, you know. Alden probably should give him the business. Probably should, but I don't know if I want to. You know what I mean? I don't do know. I, do Perfect. I have to say it backwards? Yep. You know, is this an outro uh, business or intro business? It's, it's an outro. Know. Okay. Introvert. Well, my dude, you know what to do, man. Go to our website. Go check it because you can hear me talk about it, but why don't you just go visit it for yourself? You know, get on the website. It's com. Everything you want to find out about or not find out about is there, you know, it'll, it'll link you up with our social media pages and you know, all that kind of cool shit. So get you our swag shop, whatever you need, man, go check it out. www.grabmanthebrisket.com. Yeah. And, and definitely more articles and more recipes coming soon to the website. Absolutely. That's right. And, and we did get some, who, who sent us the constructive criticism? Yes. Yes. Quick shout out. And we actually mentioned him earlier because he sent a question as well. Chris, I'm butchering his name, Chris Arkambolt, Arkambolt, something like that. Okay. Uh, he did send in some some constructive criticism. He's a listener. He's a fan. He says we're awesome. He really thinks we're the best ever. Yeah. Uh, he loves everything we do. Except except for what John says. That's right. Right. No, no. He, right. he did give some, I just wanted, yeah, I'm not going to go into what he said. I'm just going to say right. thanks for the uh, the. The feedback. Yeah. And that's the other thing, guys. You know, that's part of, you know, giving the business is letting you guys know, like, we read your emails. You know, we, we read all that kind of shit. Um, obviously, we can't get to everything, but, you know, the constructive we criticism. We can get to everything because we, we can't, are. We can't reply to everything is what I'm, what I'm getting at. I try to. Um, yeah. 
I mean on live. Right, right, right now, we can't bring can't everybody do it up on the goddamn podcast. We can't do it live. That's it. Damn it. There's just too many, there's too many emails. Call there's our mind too. There too many messages to well. go through. But anyhow, guys, like, if it's going to make us, if you think it's going to make us better, you know, we don't care if you're, you're you rag on us. But if it makes yeah, us better, who, who cares, you know? That's, right. That's, that's what we like. We Let like, us know. We love we'll give feedback. you a shout out. For sure. Hey, we appreciate it. I guess this is this is the end. This is the I'm, end. I'm, I'm sorry. End I'm sorry. This is the end of the show. What if we just went to where it just like <laughs> went to dark? It just went. It just cut off. Fade. Fade to black. Just Sopranos. Sopranos for the end of the episode. Lincoln Park. Oh, that's horrible. Cut off. Sopranos. Yeah. Or just just play Lincoln Park's little piano in the end part. That's good. That's okay. copyright. But what, sure, we'll what's play it, that. What's the, uh, <laughs> other than Sopranos? What's the worst season finale? I feel like did we talk about this last you time? You said Dexter, but I I don't. No, no, no. We can't. We're bad. not doing that. Okay. We're, we're <laughs> ending the podcast. <laughs> we're ending. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like Thanks. to keep this. Thing going. I'll say the worst. Rolling. The yes. worst would be the way we're ending this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. we're gonna set that up. You want random talk? Tune into the bonus episode. Hey, that's right. Hey, right. thanks, guys. We appreciate, appreciate it. it, guys. Thank you. We've been great. Just grab them in the brisket.